So our podcast is extremely loose. You don't have to wear pants. Oh, shh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, go for it. Hi, Allison. Hi, Hi Allison. Matt. There How it is. You? you have to say it the right way. I'm great. Hi, Allison. Fitz, what's happening? There it is. <laughs> They're inviting each other on the podcast that yes. they already have created. Fitz, do you want to start a podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for being it? on my podcast. We can call it... Um, Neuro D20 Virgin. Neuro D. There it is. Um, I don't think we're going to have any competitors. It's very <laughs> weird to be hijacked on your own podcast. I, I'm, I'm going to jump ship. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Neuro D20 Virgin fan already. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us on your podcast, Alan and oh, Fitz. You're Anytime. You're what do you want to talk about today? Fitz, take it away with the talking points we, we issued out earlier. Go ahead. Well, uh, this is, in fact, a, a podcast about D&D and TTRPGs. And how they intersect. Wait, how D and D and TTRPGs intersect? <laughs> Sugar, I messed it up, you guys. That's it. Jesus. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, We're here they, for you. They, we got canceled the podcast. Never mind. I, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling we'll, out. We'll, we'll take it from here. Let the professionals do their work. That's well, fine. I guess we should now introduce our esteemed guests. I'm so excited because we started out knowing that we had one guest, and then we've picked up another one along the way, a guest that everybody should know that listens to this podcast. It is our official lore keeper, Fitz. It's me. Uh, is here with us. Ooh, there's sound effects. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. She has her own sound effect. But the reason that we're all meeting today is that the three of us, Fitz and Allison and myself, went to GaryCon this year. And we had the the privilege of sitting down with a gentleman that we then kind of forced to be on our podcast. He is a he's a YouTuber. <laughs> he is a former math teacher and coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True, true, true. Tell me if I get anything wrong, Alan. And he's building his own TTRPG, and it was a highlight of GearCon. We've already done that episode, and so we got him on this podcast. So please, everybody, the Dungeon Coach, welcome. Ah, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I had a blast uh, at GaryCon, and then now here we are again. We did a, we just did a video on my channel. Now we're doing this yes. thing on y'all's channel. It's we should, we should do Let's this do it every, every week. week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to ask us twice. <laughs> well, pull our leg. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're, we are for sure playing DC Twenty again. Yes. So that's, that's All I wanted to hear. Yes. Uh, That's it. We can end this now. We, we we got everything I wanted. So, Alan, we usually start off. We have a we have a special roll table that we start this podcast off with. But before we get Ooh. too far, I, I want to give you the chance to talk more about yourself. And I also wanted to mention that the way that I found you is because I just felt like mm-hmm. the things that you were saying on your channel were the things that I wanted in our game from, you know, uh, death rules and death to multi-classing and feats and all these things that I, (laughs) you know, I feel like are not necessary in 5e necessarily, but I had missed Mm -hmm. from versions of old. And you were providing them to me in a homebrew 5e style. And then you were like, I'm going to go buck wild and I'm going to build my own system. 
Uh, so yeah, tell us more about yourself. Uh, Buckwild's yeah. a great description yeah. of it. Um, yeah, the 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 fast forward journey of all of that was I was a teacher and coach. I coached pole vaulting, oh. which is a very strange sport. Lots of physics, lots of all of that is great. Um, and love that, love that, love that. And then I I came to TTRPGs late. I was a gamer video games, World of Warcraft, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, my wife was selling clothes at a brewery and there's a bunch of nerds in the corner. And I was like, you know what? I'm not that big of a nerd. I'm, I'm a nerd, but I'm not like D&D. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and then I just like wandered over there because there's nothing else better to do and kind of was listening in. And it blew my freaking mind what was possible of the outside the box thinking. The Somebody was like, yeah, I'm gonna grab this guy. I'm gonna shape shift into a bear and I'm gonna throw him off the waterfall. What? What? Where does it say you can do that? And I was just absolutely floored. So, from that moment, literally all I've cared about is TTRPGs. Um, it speaks to me at my core. I was the kid who got pieces of paper and built board games and made yeah. up board games out of pieces of paper and forced my Same. family to play it uh, at home. I had a theater background, so the character voices and different things was always like uh, right up my alley. And so I just, Same. I loved it. I tried to convince everyone, yeah, hey, theater. <laughs> um, I tried to convince everyone I possibly could, which was like three people, because I have no friends, um, to come and play so <laughs> D&D. &D. we doubled your friend circle with the three of us then, wow. You absolutely Amazing. straight up doubled it, a one-to-one double. But I just did math. I have six friends now. Um, so. I just can't believe the randomness of the universe that you literally just walked up to a D and D yeah. table, and that was right. your life. Yeah, and now it is. That's incredible. Is, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah. It's and uh, one of the one of the players at the table who was a player was the person who first dungeon mastered for my three friends, oh. um, and he was the dungeon master. So I was like, oh, cool, man. And so we ran it. Three sessions in, I'm like, can I Dungeon yeah. Master? And he's like, sure. And then, <laughs> and then it, we've been playing for the last you know, five wow. years now. So uh, in multiple different campaigns and stuff. Yeah, um, has been how, how since I started, which is not uh -huh. that long, especially if you compare me to other YouTubers or other, you know, even the average person in the hobby, yeah. maybe even. Um, but I think what that did give me is a very outside the box. I don't have previous editions that I've thought about. I don't have any, I had none of that. So I saw this game and immediately thought of how I could change it. Like as soon as the first time we were playing and somebody went unconscious, came back up mm -hmm. and they were fine. I was like, that's bullshit. This is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Like, nope. You know, and I'm that guy at the at the table. Like if y'all ever played board like regular yeah. board games, I'm the guy that proposes rule changes <laughs> while yeah. we're playing, not to benefit me, but just to make a better experience of like, you know what? Actually, I think mm -hmm. it should work this way. Uh, or I will read the rules of the board game beforehand and then I'm the one explaining it and I'll change yes. the rule. <laughs> I'll change the rule uh, and not tell anybody. And it's actually, I think, a better rule. And that's just like the game designer at my core. Uh, and then we'll play with that rule and nobody will know the wiser. And then at the end of like, you know what? Like this, it's supposed to be this. And like, oh, that's lame. I'm like, yeah, well, there yeah. we go. So it's just always been in my blood to homebrew things. So of course, once I started running with D&D, I started homebrewing and I had this like binder of all these different rules and stuff. And then my wife told me she was pregnant with her first kid. And I was like, okay, time to start the channel. Wow. And so I, if I had to do it, I had to do it then. And I pulled the trigger on the channel and uh, the rest is history. So uh, yeah, it's been crazy since then. And I started off, like Matt said, I, I, I just homebrewed the game, homebrewed D&D, yeah. &D, like different rules, skill challenges, how to do this, how to do that. Like Dungeon Master's tips slash homebrew. Then it created a book from it with Alcanor's Almanac. And then all the OGL debacle hit the fan about three, four months after I went full time. So mm -hmm. I went full time in the whole YouTube thing. And then... <laughs> 
OGL yeah. oof, comes through and I was like, great timing, great timing. So then uh, I've just been doing nothing but building out a whole game system now and having the freedom and reins to be released and just make all the changes and and there's the big picture of everything now that's in development and the alpha should launch in about two months and then hopefully in about a year from now the kickstarter will be launched and the whole game system will be um good to go all right okay there's the there's Uh, the spiel that is a beautiful spiel so allison Mm -hmm. and fitz and i are going to do everything we can to not diagnose you with any (laughs) <laughs> neurodivergency like one of the reasons that we were like go, 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 go. hey is that you offhandedly while we were playing said uh, that's my ADD speaking which I understand is, yeah, a, is a you know yeah, it's a thing yeah. that people say it, but we were like is he or isn't he right, right. so one of us <laughs> one of us we are not right. qualified to diagnose anybody with anything, but there are right. some things that you have already said to us like <laughs> I cannot not futz with things that exist. I cannot yes. not add rules or change rules. I cannot. <laughs> right, it, I, right, that right, is right. actually a trait of ADHD. It is a, it is a thing. But we're not going to do that to you. We're not. <laughs> well, I have plenty of undiagnosed neurodivergencies. Uh, there's elements of OCD that I've had to overcome back when I was a kid, which I have a crazy story I yeah. can tell on that. The ADHD, when I was a teacher, all my kids knew at the board, if anyone talked to me about the Avengers... <laughs> Uh, uh, any sort of uh, pole vaulting or any nerd-based thing, Star mm. Wars, the whole lesson would get derailed for the next Uh-oh. 10 minutes. So, Because I would just, oh, yeah. yeah! And then I would just start talking about that. So uh, very much so, yes, on that. And my my, my crazy story, which I, I've never t- ever told anybody, so this is, a, I guess, Spell a perfect the t- Safe space. Um, safe space. Is I had so much... <laughs> safe space, yeah. I'll post it on the internet. Um, is I had hardcore... Or OCD in some way, uh, where I had this weird thing that lasted into high school, and I finally had to stop it. But anytime a microwave would go off, my feet couldn't be on the ground. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And I also had this thing I did in threes, like when I drank from a water fountain, I had to sip in multiples of three. Mm Uh, whenever I drink for a water fountain, I'd like, I'd count like three was my number that I'd count multiple th- times of. Um, but like whenever I came into the house and the garage door opened, when the, when my, when my mom would like drive in and press the garage door, I had to get out of the car in the house onto the carpet before the garage door oh, wow. shut. Vice versa. I had to get into the car, shut it and buckle in before the garage door opened. And if the microwave went off, I had to like hold myself up in the, in the island or whatever. And like, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, put myself back down. All right. Wow. So, and I had all the way up into like high school at times. So I would I would I would do that. So yeah, wow. there's a the little backstory. Fitz is our there. resident. Yeah, yeah sim- you're, you're our resident OCD specialist. Yeah. So what what yeah. I don't know if having what it makes you, say, you a specialist, but <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 interesting because compulsions don't make sense oftentimes, and Mm-mm. I don't understand how I was not diagnosed and or that people didn't say she obviously has especially when half Why of my family kid? has it you know i'm not going to out specific people but so many people in my family have it it is known to run in our family and it's like the signs are all there but still i think um one thing people don't realize with ocd is that a lot of compulsions can be mental compulsions so because our brain chemistry is so personal mm-hmm. Even we maybe don't realize that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, someone outside can't diagnose. Something like the microwave dinging, 
your parents can obviously see that that was happening. You're doing something physical mm-hmm. that you can see that's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a couple of couple of weird ones. Uh, soft surfaces are a huge issue with me, um, like contamination mm-hmm. wise, and that is that that's a more visible one. But a lot of OCD is is all up here, and it can you can end up in these spirals. So. Man, I hear I hear what you're saying with the like having to do things because once you once you've done yeah. a compulsion, it's hard to not do it again. And once you do it again, right, right, right. then you get into Locked. the magic thinking because our brains are crazy. So yeah, I'm over here listening yep, yep, to you yep. talk about that, and I'm like, I don't want to get too far down the road without our ADHD 100 table because yes. then we'll just forget. And, and yeah, <gasps> yes. oh yeah, so, of yeah, course, Alan, of course. As, I'm ready. as the guest, give us a roll. All right, I have a five. All right, if you could make one magic item from any D and D game or session you've played real, what would it be and why? Dang. Oh, whoa! Interesting. One magic item. Uh, well, now my favorite magic items are always uh, have to do with wild magic. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that. I feel like I just have to go with that one. Every campaign that I've ran, um, except for Curse of Strahd, has had some sort of wild magic item that I've given the party early on. <laughs> so uh, basically, something along the lines of you. There's a box. You look at it, and you get some sort of advantage on your next roll that you can use, almost like a bardic inspiration. Um, but then when you use it, a wild magic search happens. So uh, that would be kind of uh, the thing I'd do for that. I, I would create. I would have that. I love it. I know what Fitz's would be. Let's see if I'm right. Is it the jug of alchemy? (laughs) That is that is one of if if I see a jug of alchemy pop up in a game, I just get so excited because the use is it's just so (laughs) stupid and you can do so many fun things with it. I think my so that is my favorite one that I just get a, a jolt of joy when it pops up. But actually my favorite favorite magic item that I've ever had in a game is uh, in our Thursday game with Tay. And partially, I think, because he homebrewed it and, and crafted it very lovingly. So turns out, because Tay is insane in a very wonderful way, he made mine and one of other, our other um, players at the table be uh, twins, that, and we didn't know it at the beginning, and we were children of the Raven Queen. Metal as f- And <laughs> one of the magic items we found was her mortal elven skull. Um... And it turned out to be a vestige of divergence because we were playing within um, <laughs> Exandria, and the Ooh. things that he had that it could it could be were incredible. First of all, it was a clapper, <laughs> so you could wear it like a mask, and it would turn on and off of like if you could see it or not. But you could just tell that like he had really looked at our characters and the story and made mechanics that that filled in some of the yeah. gaps w- that we were experiencing of like. You know, mine, it was a, it was a monk cleric, multi-class, multi-class issues. And so I could only go so far as a cleric and I was missing yeah. a few things. So by having this item, he, he gave gaps. it to yeah. us that way. Right. And I don't know, there's That's just cool. something so wonderful about being given an item that your, your DM lovingly created specifically for your character. Yep. There's such a joy in that. Well, yep. you made me think of something and you said vestiges of divergence 
and uh, also just the concept of just the your mind and emotions, I feel like is very fitting here. So uh, in my first homebrew campaign, uh, full homebrew everything, and actually a lot of those elements of the world that I made for my first homebrew campaign ever are going to be the campaign setting for DC20. But one of the cool things in that world is the the god of that world put tests and he created items and the, each of these items were a test to whoever would find this item and this item existed on a, a spectrum of some sort of emotion and depending on how you interacted with that item it was a sentient item and it would gain certain powers slid left to right on that scale so the first uh, item that my group found was the uh, cloak of fearful flying and you put it on and it was afraid it was afraid it was, it, they had to catch it in the first place because it was running away from them and they had to like catch this flying cloak and they caught it and the only way they could tame it is if they ever comforted it that was like at the Aww. trigger they had to comfort the cloak in some way and be like it's okay so then one like one time that he pulled it close and he grabbed it like this and i said as soon as you grab it like this and hold it tight the cloak relaxes in your arms that's adorable and he's like oh and then the he wasn't able to use it until he like talked to it and he and i said you put you put it on you feel afraid you feel in the in the fearsome size of the cloak goes limp so i i connected this emotion to it and they had to like coach sit into being you know not afraid but mm. confident you know and it was on this spectrum of of that way so as it got more and more confident it could gain mm -hmm. you know the ability to fly and the user could fly wow. etc but then the player put it in a bag wrapped it up put it in a dark bag and it went into a very scary place never talked to it once during the entire mini adventure arc and next time he looked in his bag <gasps> it was gone and it was absolutely it gone, it. and it was actually gone, like blinked out of existence, gone because the god took it back, and he's like, "Okay, you have failed this test," and then pulled it back, and then then oh. yeah, that's what I can go on about that. I love that. So yeah, I love that. Wild. Nice. What? So, what is it like um, to go full time? What is it like to have a life and and to be you know to be <laughs> seemingly happy in that life too? And then to, to just walk up in a bar to a bunch of people and sitting in a corner playing a game, boom, everything changes. <laughs> and then right. and then right. maybe even someone that that that's might suspect that that they are neurodivergent in some ways. What yeah. is it like to go full time as a content creator in that way? It's like because uh. the the thing we think about this all the time because we have this web development design company, and that's a big part of what we do, but like Ever since the pandemic, similarly, we are trying so hard to push it, push it, push it to this world that we love. And with ADHD, we work so much harder and and more creatively on the things that we really love. And we love our clients. Yeah. I'm not saying that, right. but it is far more right, right, right. far easier to oh, wake no, up in the morning and go, sure. "Let's design a world," than it is yep. to yeah. Right. So inspire us. Right. What is right. that of? Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Uh, I mean, the whole thing was the it was the the hardest thing that mm -hmm. I've ever done. Uh, easily, easily the hardest thing that I've ever done. Um, uh, at one point in time, I was a full time teacher and coach, which, you know, the uh, it's essentially yeah. another job. If you mm -hmm. know anything about school system and coaching and how many hours coaches work and, you know, track meets and volleyball tournaments and all this other kind of stuff. Right. That plus the trying to grow the YouTube channel and publishing, working on writing the book, Alcander's mm -hmm. Almanac. Um, with a newborn kid and a wife, uh, all all of that, all at the same time, right? So that's mm -hmm. crazy, mm -hmm. just absolutely crazy. I definitely pushed it too far. So I would first of all recommend not to do, not right. to go too crazy. And I didn't have in my in my head, I had never like pushed 
that hard for something mm-hmm. and, and had that much on my plate, I guess. So with everything else, much less, you know, the family side of stuff and, and all of that, I, I definitely broke myself and got into like a rough spot mentally. And so all of that type of stuff is like the, the gloom and doom I try and mm-hmm. warn people about. So I know you just said to inspire yeah, people. <laughs> inspire so, us to not do that. Massive yeah. failure on that part. <laughs> um, uh, so I would say the, that was the, the caution I always tell people. Anytime it's like, oh, I'm a full-time YouTuber. Yay, you know? Like, it is it is awesome now, and it is, there's so many things mm-hmm. that I, like, wake up, and I come into this room, and I make up a game that people yeah. are going to play. Um, so another thing, I guess, to f- paint the full picture of my weird brain, um, my dad is on the uh, mm-hmm. autism spectrum. Uh, at, at one point, it was Asperger's, but then I guess now that's kind of blended and changed into something else. Um, yeah, so... Now, I very much see myself in very similar ways to him and different things like that that I have with as far as it comes to processing things and understanding things and being too literal with things sometimes and hyper fixating on one thing. And my friends know uh, that I'm like, I change hobbies all the time and all this kind of stuff. And then D&D came along and I stuck with it. And it's been the longest Same. standing hobby that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done magic tricks. Yep. I've done all these. Di- I've done art. I've done all these different things. I've gone down rabbit holes for. But this has been the yep. one. The one thing that I did start realize in the middle of all of that is having a real job and then having this YouTube thing. I started to kind of resent yeah. my real <laughs> job. You know, like I was like, man, like I loved coaching pole vault. I loved you know like being able to mentor high school kids and as a teacher and mentor and coach and all that kind of stuff. Like I loved all that stuff, right? But as I started doing this YouTube thing, I started to resent it because time I didn't have yeah. time, so I lost time with my family and I could you know so <clears throat> it was easy to blame that job that I was trying to shift over to full time. So there was a spot right before I went to full time that that was that was probably the hardest time. Right before I went to full time was when I had the most on my plate. So. I, I paint that negative picture to warn, but then also hopefully know that there is something on the mm-hmm. other side of that. Um, but yeah, there was lots of things that I've I've done now to try and help myself establish uh, yeah, yeah, rails yeah. <laughs> on myself because uh, in school you have a principal, there's a head coach, there's all these people yep. that tell you what to do at certain times. There's seven periods of the day and you go to each one, yep. you know, it's like, it's very structured and I have time. I have a conference period. It's from yep. here to here and I can do, I script videos during this time. So I had this natural inlaid rails on my life, even though there's so much going on, I had pockets right now. I have from here to here. Right. <laughs> Being alone in a room, it's very easy to get distracted and mm-hmm. start going down rabbit yep. holes of YouTube videos or wanting to do certain things more. Or I, I have nobody to yes. tell me what to do, which is cool, but also scary that I am the one that tells me what I have to do and have to be able to you know, be on myself about. It. So I've had to put a lot of different uh, scaffoldings on all of that to try and keep myself accountable and have a system to be able to work within. I don't know if that was a good answer to your question, but... There's the the real deal. I just had the weirdest meta (laughs) moment of we're sitting here talking about like, you know, finding our guardrails and and finding our processes, right? Mm -hmm. And not allowing those distractions as Matt and I sit here and talk to one of our distractions. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Oh, me? That is a pretty meta moment. Yeah. That's so funny because I was... 
my brain funny. went to uh, about a year ago where where you did have that uh, that announcement oh. of like I'm going to I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do this and I I should have been working at the time I was watching that video. Anyway, you know, I don't want to derail, but I picked up on something interesting that you said during that, which because I saw Matt mm-hmm. and AK's head both start going <laughs> uh-huh. like this when you said it, nodding aggressively, which was this is the first hobby that you've stuck mm. with. And I wonder mm-hmm. what is it about D&D or TTRPGs that can suck in the neurodivergent people who normally, if it was any other hobby, would have been six right. other down yeah. the line. Yeah, for My sure. friends are for still sure. waiting for this phase to for end. Sure. Like, they, they just have always assumed that this was... Because I'm <laughs> yeah. the newest comer. Yes. I, I, this was my pandemic hobby. And so I think my friends were like, okay, that's the thing Allison's picked ah, up. Right. Yeah, this will be done. Should be done yeah. anytime now. Sorry, guys. We worry every time that we gear up to have a... So last year was Allison's and my big birthdays, and we we, we played D&D for like 16 hours a day for four days straight, to, all together. And then In a castle and, that and we rented. That was super fun. That was fun. And then and then at GaryCon, similarly, ah. I went in and I had butterflies because I was like, is this going is this to be it? the end of my love for role-playing games? I don't know because it's so intense and is this is like the first right, right, like right. I am I am diving in. I've paid money to be a a, a card-carrying nerd right, 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 and right. I worry about every time and so far knock on wood it has only increased. But yeah, what do you think about it for you? So I think there's <clears throat> the creativity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it has is literally infinite. Yep. Literally infinite. Um, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that have like, uh, even within the same niche or maybe another niche, they've said like, oh, I don't know about like, like uh, running out of video ideas. I'm like, I have a spreadsheet of over 300. Like I could just mm-hmm. talk about this for forever, right? Um, and just the capability from player side of the table, from the Dungeon Master side of the table to just create and go in these interesting different directions to be a character. And maybe there's, uh, even at a psychological level, maybe there's some interesting way of getting in a different person's brain and having like a, a that kind of experience could also possibly be a thing i'm just yeah I, that just thought just came to me of of playing different characters with different values perspectives or a character playing a character that's focused playing yeah, a character yeah. that's yeah. you know you could just temporarily experience that would be another cool facet there uh, but much less the world building or coming up with ideas and like, collaborating with a dungeon master to like tell a story together and talk about it in the meantime. And then you play a different campaign or even session to session. There's never been a repetitive session where the same thing happens. So I think yeah. in that beautiful way, even just that, not even creating content, not even dungeon mastering, but just the playing that next, you don't know what it, you can't expect yeah. what it is. And for me, from a creative side of things, from like a job standpoint, like creating Alcantar's Almanac was at a time where I had the most amount of pressure on me and that was a lot. When the OGL thing happened and all of this stuff is going on and once I started to write DC20, I have never been more excited. Mm. I am at the all-time high of hype. I mean, I get excited and to pull up my notion sheet and just start typing. What am I going to do? Oh, armor today. We're going to go on armor and yep. start building out that. Like, I get so excited. Uh, so I have no sight in the future of like, oh. I think I'm over it. I think this is, uh, yeah, what well, do I do next? Do you want to do knitting? Knitting? Should I do a knitting YouTube channel? What do, I, what do we do? Was it just me? I knew from the very first session sometime in March, April of 2020 that, like, that, mm-hmm. like this was it for me. Like, I had found, like, the next big thing. <laughs> right. And I normally, like, normally I'm like, this is fun. And that's, as I, I don't see, my mom has always famously said that I don't see past the tip of my nose. 
Did you guys feel that way? Or did you just think this might be another phase until the next one came along? Interesting. It definitely was. It definitely was a a a rock gathering uh, moss as it rolls down a hill. <laughs> what is that? Is that different? sure snowball? Whatever, sure, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I think you combine snowballs yeah. and algae. Two great it. tastes. It, it tastes, tastes great, great together. together. Um, so yeah, for me it was it was yeah. I think though that that what really kicked it into high gear for me was becoming a game master. And um, AK and mm-hmm. I have different types of ADHD. Uh, she is on the impulsive mm-hmm. side. I'm on the uh, uh, inattentive. inattentive side, is what they. And so, for the mm. inattentive side, it really is the constant need for that well of of change and newness. Uh, you know, I I went through an improv class here right. in Chicago, and I and I I was always drawn to that and and the kind of what is going to be new today and changing rules and all that stuff. It's it's not as right. much for Allison. So it's funny, AK, that you say uh, you got to a point, it was like, click. And for me, it was, I got to this point, yeah, 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 this is going to be fun. And then when when I kind of took, <laughs> when I took the game over from our beautiful dungeon master, may he rest in non-dungeon masterness. Uh, like when, when I took that over, that's <laughs> when I just kind of went like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, that's when I was bitten. And all of those other parts, I think if I stayed a player, it wouldn't necessarily be as much for me, yeah. Matt, we've already established that we are uh, yeah. twin brothers yep. separated mm-hmm. to birth in whatever way. Uh, uh, and this further hits on that yep. is, um, I, I, as a player, I was like, okay, okay, interesting. I can do whatever I want, it's super, mm-hmm. super cool. But I felt like I was constantly like I wanted to start off dungeon mastering. I wanted to start off. But I was like, yeah. I need to play in order to know Same. what's going on. So while I was reading the books and while I was doing stuff, I was starting to build my world and build the thing and mm-hmm. read all the things. And I literally told the dungeon master, I was like, I fully want to do the dungeon. He's like, yeah, that's no, fine. Just let me know when you're ready. And yeah. it only took three sessions. At, in a third session, Oof. I was like, all right, all right. We were in the dead middle of a dungeon. We were in the middle of a dungeon. I was like, can we, wow. can we just switch? Uh, no offense, but like, can we... <laughs> You know, so because I just saw the potential so much. Yeah. And if I was a player, I don't think I would I, I would have all of the same in the same way that Matt, yeah. Matt just said. Like, it is the Dungeon Master thing for me of uh, a, a good example to my former Dungeon Master, who's now a player and it wouldn't have seen the light without him. Right. Um, but there's a moment where, like, we were in the dungeon and he would, like, draw out the rooms as we were going through the dungeon. I was like, oh, man, that's inefficient. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like you need to draw the maps beforehand. <laughs> if you draw the maps beforehand, oh then you can reveal it. Oh, and then if you draw the maps beforehand, you could get black pieces of paper to put over it, and then you can reveal <sighs> it and pull it off as you go. Or you have the whole mat down and only compartment. Exactly. So I'm just like, exactly the whole time, right? And then we had a fight with like five zombies, and the, the last zombie was like a bigger zombie. I was like, okay, but what if the zombies exploded if they died? And they, when they exploded, <laughs> what if some of the corrosion could get onto the other zombies? And now, if a zombie was in the range of another zombie's explosion, now it had like a yes. layer of poison damage yes. on its attacks. And so now, they have add poison damage to it. You know, like, nope. oh my God. You know, mm-hmm. And that, I was just constantly mind blown at the potential as a dungeon master. I can't sit, I can't sit, yes, I have yes, to. Well, it's as failed. forever players who have a hard time finding DMs, like we salute yeah. y'all, we love this because <laughs> I, I DM out of necessity, not mm-hmm. out of and love. And you're good at it. And right, you're good right, at right. it. Yeah. yeah, same. I DM my family game, but if it wasn't for the fact that they were my family, I would have stopped yeah. you know, three years ago. 
way. But I was, I mean, there are very few things in my life that I knew from the moment that, that like my life was forever changed for that thing. And that first Saturday that I played Lavinia, like I knew. Just like I knew the first time I ever got on a stage that I really, really liked being there. But yeah. Lavinia. Um, I played, you know, I played the Star Wars RPG Force and Destiny with my family first. Mm. And then we came to the dark side of 5e. um, And we were enjoying it. See what I did there? Uh, It was just part of game night. You know, like we played other board games and like took turns and things like that. And it really wasn't until that first game with that crew specifically, I think we played like six hours. Like, I think combined the fact that we were all, you know, cabin fever. I mean, I'm I'm in New York. So when New York shut down, it was terrifying. And we were, I mean, shuttered in our tiny, tiny apartments. Right. Right, right, right. So I'm going stir crazy. And we play this game for like six hours. And I remember ending the call and just being yeah. so sad it was over as if we couldn't get enough yes. after six yeah, yeah. hours and right, that right. was when i knew there was something different because i had already been playing for a year or two yeah. maybe three yeah. and yeah. had not experienced that until you get into a group that vibes that just twists it a little bit more because i mean mm-hmm. playing with my family is fun but we were not looking at it for more than just entertainment yeah. on mm-hmm. a saturday we right. were looking at it as a lifeline and something about that changed the stakes and right. yeah, really upped the obsession. Yeah, I remember like counting the seconds until our second game because the first one, yeah. and I remember that feeling of, I don't, as somebody who is very impulsive, who does not sit still for anything, I don't do any one thing at a time ever. I am always fiddling with something as I sit and do one other thing. The fact that I only wanted to do one thing at a time boggled my mind so much, so much. For sure. Yeah. You you touched on, you, we've all touched on this, but uh, I would love to hear a little bit about, like, what tools do you now mm-hmm. use now that you don't have the principal saying, well, you know, uh, here's your right. hour for this and here's your hour for this. How do you now kind of learn to do like focus on making those hours productive and both both in just building this yeah. new system which is so gorgeous but also you also have to prep for games you also have to build a world you also mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm, read mm-hmm. about Strahd and and his hijinks right How, right, right, right so uh i in the same way that i just was like like i have a very uh, i love mm-hmm. efficiency i've always said i live my life by the code of efficiency and so optimization i love stuff like that so back when i was teaching during all of the heptuple overlaps right <laughs> i prioritize things that took the most amount of focus and attention things i could only do when i'm really mm. dialed in and i can't multitask and do so those things were like script writing i couldn't write a script if there's a bunch of kids in the room and they're all yep yep and i can't mm-hmm. write a script during that time i can't write alcanter's almanac i can't create i can't mm-hmm. create during that time i just know that about myself well enough now uh, i did do stuff like uh this i this is one of the things i have i've been accidentally playing with uh these are little rubber ear uh-huh. ear pods right i don't listen to music i i just in general i don't like music i don't know no, no. sorry I, I know that that's a, I don't know. a thing uh, but like these are just rubber yes earplugs um i would wear these all the time teaching i had these in almost wow. all the time i would put my earbuds in and i would think and it yes. helped me think so i had optimized 
every moment of my day to try and be like, when I'm, whenever I'm walking from here to there, I'm going to think about the next script idea and brainstorm because I know then when I get to here, I can do this and I try and like chain together things like that and I know what I'm doing next and trying to think about that on the way, but those earbuds help. Now those have evolved <laughs> into this, um, uh, which are full-blown shot like shooting range uh sound canceling entirely headphones uh i if i am working on dc20 i have these on every single time um so uh i have to because it just if i hear a hum of my air conditioner here i lose focus and i can't so you work best in utter silence absolute silence yeah absolute silence yeah i can't like i've never understood the people that like play music and do that i would go crazy i jump out of my skin uh but as far as systems to do is i have i have a to-do list and uh this is like two different versions of it but the first iteration was i had to-do list based on that focus thing things i can do with absolute focus that have to be in my office for or things i can multitask and do or things i can literally do mm-hmm. in the car or whatever and i i organize my to-do list based on the style of life mm. pocket that it fit in and I would have it there. So I use Trello. Mm-hmm. Trello is an amazing uh, app yeah. on the phone, computer, and it has boards. And on those boards, you can put mm-hmm. tasks, right? So I'd have, you know, super focused, semi-focused, whatever focused. And I would, I would then sort each task in those things and then rank them in priority. So if I am in my office and I can work, I go to that one, I do that task. And then it would be very obvious and it like made it mindless because cool. a lot of times... Thinking and making decisions is yes, inefficient. You know, even much. like thinking about what to eat for lunch. If I eat the same thing for lunch every day, I don't have to think about it. So uh, the biggest tip I could give for that that helped me the most is um, I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on my Trello boards now. And then I have everything I need to get done sorted by soonness of how soon it needs to get done. So I have the eventuals, the who cares if I even do them. I don't even know if I'm going to do them or not. And then it progressively works. There's three columns of it to where the third column being these I need to get these done pretty soon um and then uh so sunday night before i go to bed i look at the next monday and i'm like what six things am i going to do and i put them in my board in that order i have to do them in that order i cannot switch i cannot switch wow. the order and if i finish those six then i can go to the bucket and, more. and try and yeah. knock out more or whatever if i want to and i i put the headphones on i set a, a, a lovely little uh yes, visual yes. timer that Dark you have uh, yes. as well right um i set that i set that up and i go and i don't think about anything else i turn my phone off I, I turn my phone to silent i close off discord and i just go um and then i try and get to all the rest of the other things so that's kind of my uh the scaffolding that i've put on for myself that has that has beautiful. worked for me beautiful so, oh, the end no, of that that was, <laughs> i love it i could literally see the gears turning and matt's sweet little head um so i'm already wanting to try to kind of create a board like what you described where i can can see the uh, was six arbitrary or is there some secret in six things uh six is definitely arbitrary as far as um it's based off of some research Mm -hmm. that i did not do myself so i was like sweet let's try it working and six has been great as far as that goes um and there's been there's been times where like i'll only have five and i'm like man i really only have five and then i'll just on that day i 100 percent put DC 20 game development, yep. two hours, you know, and I, or maybe I'll make it three, you know? And so then I'm just really going to hit it hard then. And then you get into a flow and all that kind of stuff. So then after that's done, now I only have four things and I'm done. Right. So you've come up with DC 20, the game, and it sounds like we're also coming up with DC 20, the kind of personal 
task management system. <laughs> task management system. And I, I want, <laughs> I it. wanted to spend time talking about DC twenty, but I, then I had an idea. What if we just send everybody your way? Because I want, I do want to say this about this game that you're building is <laughs> for people, and I, I think the people that listen to this podcast, they're either listening because they have ADHD or they're listening maybe because they play D and D or TTRPGs. I wanted <laughs> to just say that you are building something that is so refreshing and uh, and unique and fun. Yeah. It, it, the reason that, that it has been inspiring to meet you as a person is that you are building this. And like, and I, I yeah. feel like we do have, you know, some similarities. We do have some things in common. And it's just, <laughs> it's so exciting to see somebody, somebody that you can really relate to out there just kicking ass at this. Well, it's, it, it was great to have y'all play the game that I've worked on really for years. Cause like I said, when I started this whole thing, I started coming up with ideas and I had ideas that were yeah. too out there as all homebrewers do, you go too <laughs> far. And that's one of the things that I heavily recommend for homebrew people to do is make homebrew rules that are too broken, make homebrew mm. rules that suck, find those boundaries around so that you can hit them and know that, okay, yep. that's the line there. When I shared DC 20 with you guys, it was so cool to see all of those thoughts of being <laughs> alone in a room, just, Ideas. Yep. Ooh, right. What if this? Oh, what about that? And then to see that at the table and to see y'all, you know, play the game that I had put so much into yep. alone, you know, to to be alone fun in a at the dungeon. table. It was super cool to see. But we talk a lot about RSD, and in that it's a very big part of a lot of different neurodivergent brains. The concept is that feeling of dysphoria oh, yeah. that you get when you are a when you you work so hard at something and you you put it out into the world and you're like so sometimes just like this crippling fear of of that for us meeting you and, and playing this mm -hmm. game we kind of walked away going man it sure would be fun to be his friend you know what i mean like because we felt this like <laughs> like but and i felt like we were I friends too. at the end I of it too. Yeah, and so, for real. i was like man we should have this like i would love to have like an online campaign that we run like yeah. that'd be so cool because you guys are so awesome and like y'all y'all were awesome and then like y'all's characters were awesome and like y'all as players were awesome like across the board 10 out of 10. Thank you. And I, I mean, I hope this is the first of many sessions of us staring each other through a screen and, and talking nerdy to each other. <laughs> Alan, will yeah. you will you, yeah. Yeah. Will you tell our listeners me. where they can find you as we wrap things up? I'm mainly on, uh, well, thedungeoncoach.com has yeah. everything on there as far as the YouTube channel, all the PDFs I've made. Um, and that's Alcanus Almanac, which is the expansion to fifth editions. The the PDF book is on there. Uh, and then the all the stuff we've been talking about with DC20. DC20 is fully funded by my patrons. They are what is keeping this possible for me to be able to come in here and just spend time working on a game system. Um, so the patrons have been the huge support there. So if you're interested in that, that's is where the alpha is going to be available is on patreon.com slash the dungeon coach uh, for DC 20 stuff. And you get yeah, a lot for your money. Spiel. I'll say that. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks for being here. I appreciate yeah. that. Woohoo! Thank you, dungeon coach. We, we never know how to end this. We yeah. just kind of, we just kind of keep talking until the very we're end. We're just learning and making weird noises. And that's <laughs> being that I'm trying to think of a sign off phrase. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wait, you, I actually, I, I, I don't want to give y'all the sign-off okay. phrase because that's going to be me and Fitz's channel oh, sign-off phrase. Yes. So that's right. Oh, we can't I steal can't, it. I can't oh. tell y'all what that oh. would be. Alan, don't it? tell what them. What is it? Okay. I was okay, thinking, stay, stay neuro spicy. <laughs>
Stay neuro spicy. Oh, 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 oh. Stay neuro spicy and don't roll a one on a death save. <laughs> Stay neuro spicy and don't roll wow. death saves. There it is. <laughs> don't roll death saves. Thank you for listening and being a part of our ADHD 20 and larger Bivens Brothers creative community. If you're looking for more, we have a hopping discord that a couple of us affectionately call the Honeycomb Kill Room. Look for the join link in the show notes. We talk about all kinds of things. TTRPGs and ADHD for sure, but also TV, comics, video games, movies, theater, our pets, and really anything else on our minds. Come be nerds with us and all our friends. We also have a Patreon. Every day, work on a Bivens Brothers original is senselessly ignored for the sake of billable hours. And those podcasts, videos, and live streams are crying out for help. For just $2 a month, you too can be a Bivens Brothers angel, ensuring this content is seen and heard. By supporting our Patreon, you're helping more Bivens Brothers originals like this very podcast see the clear light of day. The best way you can help us, though, is just to share this cast with the people you think will like it. Thank you for being a pal to us as people, to ADHD 20, the podcast, and to the greater Bivens Brothers creative commonwealth of nerds.